What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And if you love college football, you probably like the Badgers, right? Well, be sure to check out my colleague Ben Wargle over at BadgerNation.com. He'll have everything you need to know about Saturday's huge game between the Badgers at Michigan. And be sure to go to my website, PackerReport.com, for lots of stuff throughout the week here. Even though, even though it is a bye week, I'm here all week, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. We're going to have uh, the coveted three games into the season MVP award coming up. <laughs> uh, we're gonna, and we're, I'm going to take some of, your, uh, some, some of your fan mail as well. But first, it's first down, and how about that run defense? It's three games into the season, and you know Green Bay hasn't played a great offensive line yet, but that run defense has been unbelievable. And I, I put together a bunch of numbers for a story over at PackerReport.com yesterday. Here's a few of them. They're allowing 42.7 rushing yards per game. That is number one in the league. Second-ranked Philadelphia yielding 71. That's a 28-yard difference. And 25 teams have allowed at least double of what Green Bay has allowed. The Packers have allowed a total of 128 rushing yards. Five teams are allowing more than that every week. And Green Bay allowed more than that in six games last season. Speaking of last season, they allowed 4.54 yards per carry last season and 4.54 as well from 2010 through 2015 with that six-year average uh, ranking 30th in the NFL. This year, however, that number is 1.80 yards per carry. There isn't a single team in the league averaging less than three yards a carry. So, I mean, that is just how dominant Green Bay's defense is. Not just production, but when you compare what they're doing to the rest of the league. You know, the, the, the really interesting thing is the number of tackles for losses the Packers have had. I mean, they had five on, that, on the first series alone against Detroit. And so I want, I want the pro football reference. Now, you can do everything in the world at pro football reference. That's pro hyphen reference hyphen, no, pro hyphen football hyphen reference dot com. So I plugged in tackles for losses on running plays. Through three games, the Packers have 19. Baltimore is second with 13. The Jets and Rams have 12. Nobody else has more than 10. So Green Bay is plus six over the next best team. And I'll, I'll got some comparative stuff here for, for you in a second. But we asked Dom Capers about that, the, the defensive coordinator, on Monday, about the key to that. And, and, and you know, he pointed to the so the one play against Detroit, which I referenced in yesterday's podcast, I, I think I had a situation wrong. It was third and goal from the one on Sunday. So Detroit hands the ball off, and, and, this play, and this play is total destruction here, all by Mike Daniels. So Mike Daniels is lined up over Detroit's right guard, Larry Warford. He's a pretty good play player. So Daniels knocks him back about a yard, and it just sets off calamity here. So left guard, Lakin Tomlinson... Their first-round pick last year. He's pulling to the right. Well, he can't adjust to this, and he runs right into the mess that Daniels has created. 
tight end Cole Wick started on the right side of the formation, motioned left, and then at the snap went back to the right on an angle. And basically his aiming point was where Mike Daniels is. Well, since Mike Daniels has pushed uh, Warford back and Tomlinson ran into the pile, now the tight end Cole Wick is running the pile now too. So he's Daniels has taken out three guys. And if that wasn't enough, he also made the tackle for a loss of a yard. So it was an unbelievable play by Daniels and kind of, per, I mean, it's an, ex- an exaggeration, but it shows what Green Bay has been doing on, on, on the defensive line to, you know, they call it reestablishing the line of scrimmage. You know, the line of scrimmage is one, Daniels pushes it back to the two, and then it's just chaos from there. And Caper says, quote, I think our big guys, especially on the outside, have been attacking and knocking people back. So it's hard if you're pulling the linemen or whatever, if you can get an inverted line of scrimmage that happened on the goal line play with Mike Daniels, his penetration where he knocked the guard back and they were trying to bring a tight end and a guard from the opposite side. And there's a pile of bodies basically on that play. Mike Daniels used up three blocks and made that tackle because those two guys coming back were assigned to block people on the other side of the play. I think the interesting thing here is uh capers from the, from the beginning says, I think our big guys, especially on the outside. And I think that's a, I mean, we've seen this through three games. Now, at some point, Green Bay might go up against it in a team with uh, a super athletic back, and they might have some issues with the big guys here. Maybe not. But, you know, Julius Peppers, not a great run defender, but he's 280 pounds, and he's still hard to block. You know, they moved Dayton Jones from end to outside linebacker. He's 285 pounds, I think he said here a couple weeks ago. Um, who am I missing? I'm missing someone here. Um, oh, yeah, Nick Perry. Nick Perry's about 265 and has always been a dominant run player because he's just so gosh darn strong. So that's three guys, you know, even without Matthews, and Matthews wins because he's so determined, but those three guys are so hard to block because they're bigger and stronger than tight ends, especially in today's NFL, where tight ends just catch passes. I mean, tight ends can't block those guys for the most part, and their strength gives them an advantage, or maybe not an advantage over offensive tackles, but at least allows them to hang in there physically against offensive tackles where... You know, maybe Matthews will have a problem. It's a 320-pound tackle on, on a run play. You know, it, it's, a, it's a fair matchup against the strength of, especially Jones and Perry. And those, those outside linebackers have been terrific. Deed. Nick Perry's been unbelievable. Um, and I, and I, I, I turned the offensive linebacker. I broke down, I think, five different plays at, uh, at PackerReport.com. If you're, if you're a member, you can read it. Otherwise, there's, there's always a one-week free trial at Packer Report. I break down the... I break down the run defense kind of in X's and O's fashion after looking at the the all twenty two film at uh, uh, NFL Game Pass. Broke down exactly what happened. The outside linebackers just made play after play after play. Whether it was Nick Perry making a tackle or you know J. Ron Elliott or whatever sacrificing himself to take all blockers. The OLBs are are destroying. They're just destroying blocking schemes and. Time and time again, the, the Detroit's running backs would just would just have nowhere to go. And Caper says, quote, we have to keep the element of it going because if you can get a negative run and the down and distance is in your favor, you can do whatever you want on the next down, basically, whether you want to cover or pressure. Now, it's going to be hard to keep this pace going. This is what I went to pro football reference yesterday to figure this part out. So if there are 19 tackles for losses on running plays alone, Green Bay's on pace for 101. Last year, the Packers had 54. In 2014, they had 35. So the last two years combined, they had 89. And they're on pace for, 100, <laughs> they're on pace for 101 this year. Um, for some perspective on that, 
during Dom Capers' reign as D coordinator that starts, of course, back in 2009, Green Bay's averaged 39.1. So they're already halfway to that total. In 2009, when the Packers set a franchise record with 83.3 rushing yards allowed per game, the Packers had 53 tackles for losses in running play. So their 101 is almost on pace for double that. And during the Capers era, the best TFL performance was Tampa Bay in 2012 with 79. And during that, was that seven years? Tampa Bay had 70, or yeah, Tampa Bay has got 79 in 2012. Nobody else has more than 67. So even Tampa Bay was an anomaly with 79, and Green Bay's on pace to destroy that. Now it's three games. Teams are going to adapt. They'll find some answers to what Green Bay is doing. At some point, maybe this pace is going to taper off. But it's it's been a, an, an amazing start for a run defense that has been porous at its worst and mediocre at its best over the last you know seven years. Capers, quote, we're playing. T- or this is, excuse me, this is Mike Daniels from after the game on Sunday. We asked him, "What are you guys doing so well?" Quote, "We're playing tough, and guys are flying around to the ball." We're just getting physical with the other team. And then, this is kind of how he read this next sentence, or how he said this next sentence. That's just that freaking simple. The Packers, as you know, are off this weekend, but they have three games left in this homestand, then a one-week road trip, then home for Indianapolis. And how about this for a sporting weekend double dip? Next weekend, Ohio State at Wisconsin on Saturday night, Dallas at Green Bay on Sunday. How would you like to go to those games? Well, check out SeatGeek. I had the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any other game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced tickets and be able to find the best deals to fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is based on our 100% guarantee. And best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, first, download the SeatGeek app. Second, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Then enter my promo code L. O Packers. That's L for locked, O for on, and Packers. And then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LO Packers today. On a second down, and that'd be the biggest surprise and disappointment on defense as well as the defensive MVP. We'll start with the MVP. Envelopes, please. Oh, boy, the drama here, right? Even got, even got sound props here today. MVP, Nick Perry. That's a no-brainer, right? <laughs> Can't be anybody in the secondary. So, yeah, Nick Perry, three and a half sacks, four tackles for losses. Remember, his career high is four sacks. <laughs> so he's already got three and a half, and he's got 12 and a half sacks in 46 career games entering this year. Perry's always been a great run player. I had this stat for you on the podcast after the game on Sunday night. Uh, the NFL stats site has a stat called net yards over average, and it takes, like, versus the run. They'll take how many yards the opponent gains against the run when, say, Nick Perry's on the field, then how many yards the opponent gains when Nick Perry's off the field. And it comes and then it subtracts one from the other, and you get net yards against average. 
Nick Perry was number one in the NFL in 2014 and 2015. He was the best outside linebacker in the game as far as the difference he made statistically. So he's always been a great run player. I mean, I mean someone said, I forgot who wrote the so it doesn't really matter, but kind of said he's always, you know, he, at times he looked like Tarzan, played like Jane, that old scouting term. Well, that's not true. He, he's always been a dominant run player, dominant. But this year he's finally putting it all together. He's been healthy. I mean, it's not just the healthy of being able to play. It's the healthy of being able to practice day after day, week after week, and being able to, you know, uh, really capitalize on, on what's going well and then and work on what's not working well. And it's it's he's been tremendous. We'll see if he can keep this up. It's a contract year for him. And I would think at this point he's playing himself into a long-term answer at that, at that spot. The biggest surprise on defense? Another envelope for you. The play of the inside linebackers. I think a lot of us thought, at least us media guys thought, that Green Bay had to go, you know, inside linebacker with you know with their first round pick or second round pick, you know, even the 15 draft as well. Thought they'd try to upgrade there instead. Jake Ryan, fourth round pick in 15. Blake Martinez, fourth round pick in 16. Emerges the starters. The question with Jake Ryan coming out of last year was could he play coverage? Well, he's been darn good at that. The question about Blake Martinez coming out of Stanford is, was he tough enough to play the run? Well, he's done well at that. And then Joe Thomas is really the the big surprise. I mean, he's kind of an afterthought in training camp. Yeah, he played a lot last year. He played the dime role as that inside linebacker on passing downs on third down. He played it. He didn't do anything. I mean, he wasn't bad, but he didn't really make any noteworthy plays either. He's made a bunch of noteworthy plays this year. He's now a matchup guy where... Against Minnesota, uh, Jarek McKinnon, um, Green Bay put him in the game to, to stop McKinnon. And when Riddick entered the game um, on Sunday, uh, Thomas is generally in the game as well. He's become a real matchup guy to stop those quick um, one-on-one passing game kind of guys. And he's done terrific at that. And a lot more physical than he has ever been, too. He's been a terrific player. And the, uh, the biggest disappointment through the first three weeks of the year? The play of the defensive backs. We'll get into Demarius Randall here in a bit. But even without Sam Shields and Morgan Burnett against Sunday, two highly paid vets, you got a first-round pick at safety with HaHa Clinton-Dix, a first-round pick at corner with Demarius Randall, a second-round pick with Quinton Rollins at corner, and Micah Hyde, who's not a starter but is considered one of their top defensive players anyway. I mean, they, just, they just got shredded by Matthew Stafford. You know, Bob, Dom Capers didn't blitz because he... You know, Stafford's a hell of a good blitz quarterback, but he didn't blitz probably in favor of those guys couldn't cover. And they couldn't cover anyway. Stafford threw for threw like almost 380 yards and, you know, pass rating in triple digits. And, you know, simply, Green Bay's got to get better playing pass coverage, and it's going to be up to those guys to get that done. On a third down, that is the first of my uh, fan mail questions. Is what on earth is wrong with Demarius Randall? Good question there. You know, I asked Mike McCarthy about that after the game on, on almost said Friday, after the game on Sunday, and he thought that Randall played better in the second half. But I mean, here's the damage against Minnesota. Um, Diggs, nine catches, 182 yards. I would say that was all on Randall. I mean, not all, but I'm sure he expected some help and stuff. But basically, they played man coverage in that game because of the emphasis on stopping the run, and that, that falls on Randall for the most part. Against the uh, the Lions, Marvin Jones, six catches of 205 yards, two touchdowns. Obviously, that's not all on Randall either. Some zone coverage there. And, um, rookie Josh Hawkins is on 
Jones for the 73-yard touchdown in the first half. But through, through three weeks, Jones and Diggs are number one and number two, respectively, in, in, in yardage in the NFL. And they face the Packers. Um, Packers defensive coordinator Dom Capers kept an optimism on Monday when asked about Randall's quote, that's life for a cornerback in the NFL. The thing I was proud of Demarius yesterday is you saw when they threw the fade, he was right there and the receiver made the play, but he came back a player two later and stole the ball off of him. And that was the interception against uh, that he stole from Eric Ebron. Then he goes back to Capers here. That's what you have to do. You have to have that kind of temperament, that kind of attitude. You're not going to make every play. They're going to get some plays in there. I use a corner, especially. You've got to find a way to come back and make your plays. And he did that almost back-to-back. Well, that's true. That seems like some positive spin there. Um, you know, I, I said this to my colleague Keith Rodin on the first of the game on Sunday. You could argue that there's not a more important player on this team than Demarius Randall for the next 13 games. Because, you know, you, you figure you know what you're going to get out of Rodgers and Nelson and Lacey and Matthews and the, and the big guys. But you need to play pass coverage. And whether Sam Shields is playing or not, Demarius Randall has to do better. I mean, you are a first-round pick. You played darn good football for most of your rookie season. You've got to do better. And he was better against Jacksonville. That, that week one game against Jacksonville against Allen Robinson, one of the top young players in this league. He had 1,400 yards as a, as a, uh, uh, he had 1,400 yards in, in 2015. He had more red zone touchdowns than any player since Randy Moss as a, back in 2015. And Randall shut him down. Randall's got to play to that form. Because if not, I think this team has no chance. They don't. You have no chance of succeeding in the playoffs if you can't go out and cover people. I don't care I don't care about your run defense. I don't care about your pass rush. If you can't cover people, quarterbacks are going to find you. Now, getting shields back is going to help the defense as a whole, but they're still going to go attack Demaris Randall until he proves he's ready. Now, on the bright side on Sunday, actually, you know, the bright side of the last couple of weeks here, the play of... The other corners, uh, Quinton Rounds and Ladarius Gunter, you know, for the most part, they were responsible for holding Tate to four catches for 40 yards and Anquan Bolden to four for 22. Um, you know, again, I, I don't know if some of that's just because they're going after Randall or if they're playing so well in coverage. I probably, I probably need to go look at that this week. But you know, I thought look, Gunter especially was really good. You know, he's, he's their big physical guy, and he had a lot of work against Bolden, and, and it was key to Bolden getting just 22 yards. As Capers about Bolden, I mean, as Capers about Gunter, and he agreed with me saying he probably played the best of our group. I thought he, nice, I thought he did a nice job in his press coverage. He had good technique, got his hands on receivers, and did a good job. And I mean, that really is Gunter's game. It is his big physical play. And I mean, he ran, he ran slow as molasses at the combine. And so, you know, cornerbacks Joe Witt really likes him, but he, he's, he's a you got to pick your spots with me. You, you can't put him on a pure speed guy or he's going to get beat. But, you know, against you know, against a possession receiver, against a guy with okay speed, I mean, Gunter can win with his technique and his physicality and his speed. Now, now you, you can't drop a pass. I mean, he had a, a chance for an end zone interception, and you can't drop that. You know, Joe Thomas had one, too, and then, gosh, someone else dropped the pick, too. I'm drawing a blank on who it was. But, you know, Green Bay... Historically, has been great at intercepting the ball. In the Capers area, they, they lead the league by a mile in, in interceptions. you got to make those plays. If you make a couple of those plays, then a nail-biting kind of game in the fourth quarter is, is a Packers blow, and Stafford's 380 passing yards is probably down to 250, and, 
and all that. So you got you got to do better there. And but to me, you know, Demaris Randall has to do better. He just has to for this defense to get this team to where they want to go. On the fourth down, and that is some, some more fan mail questions that you left me on Twitter. You can reach me on Twitter at Packer Report, and you can reach me via email at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com. And in our Packer Report forums, there's always uh, one-on-one interaction in our members' forums. Um, first thing, back to Twitter. What are the Packers going to find out on self-scout? I'm going to go with two things here. On offense, I think they're going to find out the O-line is pretty darn good. I know there's some questions, obviously, with the, the late change after releasing Josh Sitton. You know, Lane Taylor's played pretty darn good. I go back to that last preseason game against the Chiefs where he gave up a couple sacks, flag for holding. Pass protection seemed like a big issue, especially compared to Sitton, who was a tremendous pass blocker. But you know what? Taylor's pretty played pretty well there. I mean, he was he was spotless against Detroit. And I, if you don't notice your old linemen, that means your old linemen are doing a good job. But I have not really paid much attention to Lane Taylor the last couple weeks. He's done well. And I think... And I think Rodgers did this against Detroit. But, I mean, he's just got to trust that his own line is going to do its job. And it, they did pretty well against Minnesota, and there were times in that Vikings game where Rodgers bailed out of pressure that wasn't there. Against Detroit, he was great. I mean, he, he hung in there. He trusted his line. More of that. Trust those guys. They're doing great. Defense, no surprise here. It's, it's pass coverage, a big problem. And in, specifically in the, in the Detroit game, it was zone coverage. I mean, Capers didn't blitz hardly at all. There's a lot of seven-man coverages, and still there were guys wide open, especially in, in zones. They've never been a good zone team. It's kind of been mystifying where they've been really good in man. They've made a lot of plays in man, but zone is just not working out for them. Getting Morgan Burnett back will help because he's that glue guy. But they got to get that figured out. Because you got Eli Manning coming out of the, out of the break. Um, Dak Prescott is a rookie. Who knows there? Jay Culler may or may not be back for the Bears. But it's you got Matt Ryan at Atlanta. You've got um, Andrew Luck coming back home after that. You know later in the year you got Carson Wentz. You got Russell Wilson. You got another look at Stafford. Another look at Bradford. You got to get this zone cover stuff figured out. Either figure it out or don't run it. One or the other. Packers come back after the bye with a Monday practice that will have probably nothing to do at all with the Giants game. Everything to do with fundamentals and. And trying to fix mistakes, they they got to get that zone stuff figured out because it's gonna it's gonna kill them. And last but not least, we go to D on Twitter. That is a lowercase D, who makes the maximum use of 140 characters on Twitter. Cobb targets question mark. Good question there though. You know, I go back to last year with with Cobb. Without Jordy Nelson, opponents took away the deep game, or opponents didn't care about the deep game, and they only focus on the underneath stuff and that. I think really hurt Cobb's production. And I don't think through, te- through three games that defenses have deviated from that at all. I think, I don't think, you know, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? And until Green Bay can make some plays down the field, I don't think de- uh, opposing defenses are going to care two wits about Rodgers going down the field. Now, a couple plays maybe will change that first. The, uh, the 17-yard touchdown pass to Nelson against Detroit. Uh, this might be a key play. We'll see how this goes. Slay is one, Darius Slay is one of the best corners in football. He's one of the fastest corners in football. And Nelson beat him up the field, got to step on him and score on a, on a up-the-field pass. Now, I don't think one pass is going to make defenses change what they're going to do. So how about that deep pass to Trevor Davis where for the 66-yard pass interference, Davis had him beat. So it, it's those kind of, it, only when Green Bay can make plays consistently down the field, our defense is going to change what they've been doing against the underneath stuff. So it's certainly losing, 
Um, tight end Jared Cook to the high ankle sprain. It's not going to help to stretch the field stuff here. But the further Nelson gets back from this knee injury, and the more speed he regains, and the more of a big play threat he becomes, or maybe it's Trevor Davis, or maybe Jeff Janis once he gets that club cast up, which could be after the bye. You know, maybe those things will give the Packers the ability to stretch the field. And when they can stretch the field, I think that will open up things for Randall Cobb. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Be sure to subscribe via iTunes and the Android app. And then check out my work at PackerReport.com, where there's always a one-week free trial and plenty of free content for everybody to read as well. Have a great day, everybody, and I will talk to you tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.